No, it's an awesome record, Old Man by Neil Young. Like I've never yeah. heard the song before. I'm really not familiar, but it's an, it's an awesome record. I was um yeah. making fried cream tomatoes this morning for my daughter. <laughs> That's like one of her favorite breakfast items, and I've been promising her I was gonna make some. The bell peppers went bad. I usually do like a bell pepper sauce with goat cheese. Um, yeah. But um, I'm, so I'm in the kitchen making the fried green tomatoes. And like, you know, what I really like to do is like the days that we have our podcast, mm-hmm. I'm usually making breakfast or lunch for my daughter. And I, right. usually, I usually like to play the music in the kitchen. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Like my, my mom, when I used to cook and stuff, they used to play music in the kitchen. Right. I guess I kind of got that from them. I'm the same way. But I usually like, you know what I mean? On the weekends when we're about to do a show, I'll play whatever the song it is that's on your side. Like, I'll just put it on repeat. And I was like, oh, it's like, this song is beautiful. And I was like, it's perfect for like a Saturday morning. Like, yeah, cooking breakfast, reflective. Um, the songwriting and the melody is high level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that whole record, I don't know if you listen if you listen to all of Harvest yet. Like, the Harvest is the album that it comes from. It's, 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 it's all really, really good stuff. Um, it's one of the one of the great folk rock albums that's ever been i I got your message but i was beat and i just it's fine there's no there's no like pressure i was just offering it as a suggestion if that that was a thing that i'm gonna give it some run i am do what that's the thing neil young is but never have listened to his music so it's Mm -hmm. like definitely know the name do not know the artist and that was a very nice introduction to him yeah and he's he's i picked him for Lots of reasons. Obviously, we're here to, at least in part, celebrate Nas and celebrate the release of KD3. This we're recording this on the morning of what's this, the twelfth? Um, yeah, November twelfth. Um, so I wanted to, um, pick a song like, given your um connections with Nas's camp, I feel like he's he's more likely to hear this than perhaps some of the other ones that we've done, um, and. I want him to be honored by the comparison too. like, and the ones we've done with his songs so far are comparing him or comparing songs to Paul Simon and Neil Young, who are widely regarded as two of the greatest songwriters of the 20th century. So like I wanted, and I definitely see him as part of that, like echelon of writers. Um, that is one thing that I noticed about the old man song initially. I'm like, okay, I was like, so he's a great songwriter, and that's what made Andrew think about Neil Young in reference to Nas. So I did catch that immediately. I immediately caught the level of songwriting. That's why I was like, oh no, yeah. it was a high level. I was like, immediately, I'm like, okay, he's a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do Nas any other way. Like that's that's he, okay. he, he deserves to have. Like, like I know y'all know. Um, according to hip hop um, community knows that he is a great, great songwriter, but I don't know that he is viewed in the wider culture on the level that perhaps he should be. So um, I I want to make sure he's getting, getting comps with, with people who are also on that level. Who are also widely recognized as being on yeah. that that top. The people who are lauded as writers is who you want to compare yeah. him to or juxtapose yeah. the songs with. No, yeah. no, totally understood. Um, <clears throat> which way do you want to go, or where do you want to start? I don't know. I, I've I've gone back and forth about which way makes the most sense, and I, I think um, this this is an example. I think of two songs we're doing for. Well, I didn't say this. I guess at the beginning we're doing Neil Young's song "Old Man" and. Nas's brand new song "Once a Man, Twice a Child" from KD3, um, and the songs kind of talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I think like they're mm-hmm. 
not opposite perspectives exactly, but um, one's a young man. The Neil Young song is a young man talking to an older one. And Nas's is kind of in the middle. Like he is kind of, he, he is older. I mean, Neil Young was like 24. He says it in the song. He was 24 when he wrote the song. Um, and Nas's was, you know, he's what, late 40s, right? He's literally 49, I believe. He's 59. Um, yeah. So he's you know, twice the age, but he's also like in the, in his song is taking advice or is remembering advice that he has been given by older people and passing that along to younger people. So, I mean, the songs talk to each other. So I think we can go either direction. Um, okay. We we can start with um, the newer song. If you want. We can start with Nas because the song okay. is newer and more uh, recent. I think, you know, one thing, and this is, um, I don't know how familiar you are with Tupac's catalog. I mean, mm -hmm. I know you know who Tupac is. Clearly. I'm just not sure how familiar you are with his catalog, especially the earlier portions of his catalog. Mm, this not song, terribly. Okay. Well, this song, if you're like a hip-hop fan, the style and the feel and even some of the cadence that he uses is actually his old style, but it's not even his old style. It's really more a Tupac take. Like, you know how... Do you know how he took Eminem's flow and mm -hmm. started off on Ghetto Reporter? Yeah, da, well, da, 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 yeah, sure. Yeah, well, this is actually Tupac's flow that he took on this song. That and makes Tupac, me, I, I can't explain to you how happy that makes me because there's a note right here that says, whose flow is this question mark? You said on, according to hip hop, that he uses multiple cadences on different songs. This feels like Pac to me. This is Pac. So so this, so I'm not completely like no. This I mean, is totally, it's got the synths in it and everything. Like I mean, it's got he doesn't, he doesn't have the depth in his voice. His voice is piercing. Pac's voice has depth. So you yeah. have to imagine some of these bars getting delivered with the depth. Strong motherfucker when you're young. Yeah, it, it's, it's it sounds like that kind a kind of thing that like you would Pac. say. Yes. So he's tapping in, and I told people this about the album. My take on the album is that the nods that you're hearing on this album is the Nas before Illmatic. It's how okay. you have to look at it in terms of the thoughts, in terms of the approach. And this would fall right in line because this is straight out of like, this is straight out of 92, 93, 94 Tupac book. Okay. Like the theme too. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I was saying. This is, I was thinking, because one of the ways that I process these songs is I have a playlist with the two songs that, we that are just like the two songs we're about to do um and i play them on loop in the car while i'm driving around too and just mm -hmm. listen to them over and over and Nas is obviously a supreme lyricist yes mm -hmm. um this is not his most intricately lyrical song like he has plenty of other more intricately mm -hmm. intricately lyrical songs and that's not a knock on the song it's just not what this one is yeah, and which is yeah. also a Pac thing too, right? Like he he is a great yeah. lyricist and has great messages, but the he is not as intricate as um is not as intricate as Nas can be. I guess is what I correct. Would. Correct. He is more of an in your face writer than Nas yeah. is. Nas can be an in your face writer like this record is, mm -hmm. but this is more a, a more in the vein. And I, and when I'm saying this, I'm saying this like he did this respectfully. It's like, yeah. this is one of those things that it's like, I think you have to be a fan of hip hop or just mm -hmm. know music really well. 
to catch it. Which yeah. is one it's it's an honoring thing. It's an honoring thing. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, even even some of like like literally how he frames these words. Hot headed as a youngster confronted, I might unload. Like that's pop. Mm-hmm. Like imagine hot headed as a youngster confronted, yeah. might unload. That yeah 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 totally. And that's and that's what I mean about how brilliant he is on this album. Oh, he doesn't just have his flow down. He has all the other great MCs flow down too. It's like no, he can do M's flow. He can do Pac's flow. And so when he's making this record and he's hearing this beat, because even beat wise, mm-hmm. kind of feels kind of nostalgic. That kind of yeah, West Coast. Yeah, yeah. That, that West Coast. It sounds like something that a West Coast producer would have made about 92, 93. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> he's just showing you that as an MC, he's in a um, really special place. But like most records with Nas, there is a message. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, and I think the message of this one is to really like enjoy the life that you have now while you're living it. Because, like you said, like, you know, every day, is the youngest day that you'll ever be. Right. And so the message of the sh- song is like, you know, is um, it's, you know, you can see, you know, yourself aging, mm-hmm. but don't be depressed about the aging. Like, enjoy those memories as they're passing by. That's that's the first line he says when he's just speaking instead of rapping. Like at the very beginning, he says some. I, I, I'm I'm going to paraphrase it, but he says something to the effect of, um, you're if you're lucky, you'll get old. Like yeah. like that's because a lot of people don't make it that far. Right. That's yeah. that that that's the embracing, and that's like the kind of uplifting part on here. So when he talks about the things that he used to do, and I guess that's where you got um, Neil Young from, because it's like, well, Neil Young in his record is 24 mm-hmm. nods on this record is talking about the things that he was doing circa the age of being about 20 right so, so they're speaking to each other is what they're doing yeah they're I mean, speaking metaphorically to each other, speaking you know? yeah. like and he speaks to you know and he speaks to some of the things that were going on he's like when he says live while you get the strip to help you should tend to mm-hmm. you know like as in like you're not just going to get old by not paying attention and taking care of yourself either right so they so there are messages about like self-care mm-hmm. and self-awareness yep. in this song as well, which is typical Nas, which is typical Tupac. And I want to say something that I've kind of, um, and uh, my D&I on According to Hip Hop has been going, have been talking about this as well. Well, really, Nas is closer, should be closer compared to Tupac than he ever should really be to Jay or Big. And okay. in, in one of these records, or why? Because it's like, well, he's more content driven mm-hmm. and with a message and with a point and a theme. And there's a lot of uplifting things said mm-hmm. within the lines. And yeah. that's not to say that um, Big and Jay right. don't, haven't said positive things, but it doesn't feel as socially consciously aware mm-hmm. and pro black in the theme and the motif of it the way Tupac and Nas frame it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, yeah. To be honest with you, it's like we kind of pick our, who, what we want our heroes to do in hip hop, sometimes to a fault, because that's something that it actually hurt Nas. And so it's like, 
Well, we really don't want to hear Jay and Big kick knowledge as much as we want to hear Nas and Pac kick it either. You get what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. Because it's again, like you said, it's not that the Jay and Big are incapable of doing yeah, that. Yeah, like they have. Clearly, they can. I think the chorus is where I really hear the Tupac though. Mm-hmm. You know, just oh, yeah. strong motherfucker when you're young. I ducked a razor, ducked some punches, even ducked a gun. gun. Yeah. Right. But then when you think about it, it's like, well, that sounds like Tupac. But part of what makes Pac pop is that his story, mm-hmm. he's um, he's very modern day Malcolm in the sense is that the things that happen to Pac have happened to a lot of black men. Right. And so the relatability is there. Well, it's like, well, we get, I, I might, like Andrew, myself, I've been harassed by the police on multiple occasions. It's like, well, so is Pac. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's like when you see those things, it's like, oh, well, you relate. It's like, oh, well, I feel like he, he got treated unfairly by the criminal justice system. It's like, oh, well, that's happened to me, you know? Yeah. And, and so, and even so, so it's a universal, like, oh, I don't want to be like it's a universal experience, but like it's, he, he's he's talking about something that, and and to, to me, from looking at it from the outside, it's it's kind of like if, if it can happen to somebody like that, then it can happen to anybody too, right? And like somebody who's as wealthy and connected and like all those kind of things if it can happen to him then it can happen to whoever so there's a relatability that comes with that but here's like the genius with Nas and here is why he's our best writer well we know Nas was a childhood prodigy as a writer and as an MC and so his ability to digress I don't even want to say digress I think it's transition is a better word Mm -hmm. transition into this form of rapping and writing style Mm-hmm. on a whim just because he can like, <laughs> like as in at will as in <clears throat> he could write this song way more lyrically mm-hmm. and intricately with the same oh, sure. message if he wanted to mm-hmm. so the fact that he can literally on a whim take his writing style like to this transition into this nostalgic piece and point in time is part of why I called him hip hop's greatest writer last night it's sense. very it's very Tony Morrison like yeah. Andrew, the ability of him to just transition from character and story and frame it and put it back together for you at the end. It's very Tony Morrison like. Yeah. 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 It's, it's he, beautiful. That's what I mean. Like he's that. It's like the same way that it's like you can watch her. She can get extremely wordy with her prose intentionally mm-hmm. oh, if yeah. she chooses to. If she wants to, yes. But she's yes. doing it to make a point. Yeah. And it's usually to make a point, but she can also just kind of use the simple everyday words that we yeah. all use, like strong motherfucker when you're young. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, she knows how to make that work, too. He's very much. And that's what I mean. It's like when you pick the Neil Young song and I heard the right. And it's like, yeah, well, that's how we need to talk about him when we talk about him, which is what I've been talking about. It's like, right. oh, no, we need to be talking about Tony Morrison and Tupac and, and, yeah, and this... Neil Young and Paul Simon. Right. Because he's he's that kind of writer. He's not mm-hmm. a regular Right. No, he is not at all. Like, not a regular writer. Yeah. One of the things about not being a regular writer is being able to write regular shit people relate to. Yep. Right. And and that's that's the genius is or one or one of the many geniuses is I mean, you see this in Neil Young song too, actually, that just because you have all the words doesn't mean you have to use them all all the time. And because you just because you have a massive vocabulary and can do like super, super, super intricate things doesn't mean that the song is always best served by you being as intricate as possible. And you can scale it back to make your point um, more clearly if you want to. Yeah, I think I mean, 
I think, and this is what about the relatability even to, and, and, and see, so Nas speaks to a class of writer and a class of thought too. Like he speaks to us, Andrew, on the English and on the literary and mm -hmm. on the intelligence level where we can see him doing all those things. And it's like, ah, so he checks boxes in certain circles when he makes rec records like this, like the literary and the, and the intelligent rhetoric circles. Because think about this, <clears throat> you and I both, we're not as wordy as I remember us in high school, but no. we had more of a point to prove fittingly. Yeah, you're showing yeah. off, right? right? That's what we're, we talked about, about no, no, no. the mother. I can, I have command of these big words. I know exactly how to use them and where to use them and when to use them. Look at me. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, when you got it and when you're older, it's like when you kind of don't got to do that to get the point across, too, because you've right. kind of found other ways to navigate. And quite frankly, you found, you find the time and the space and the appropriate places to use those words. Like, I use most of my big words in jest now. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And that's why I do it, especially in the classroom, too. Um, yeah. And, and it, and actually, that's that's a perfect like metaphor for like because when we met, we were on newspaper staff at West Charlotte High School, and but we were also the youngest members of the newspaper yeah. staff, yeah. and we were sophomores, and most of the members were seniors, and no, almost, almost. they were like yeah, like you said, almost all of them were seniors, and they'd all known each other in AG since they were like little kids in Piedmont right. and whatever, um, so there was at some level something to prove to them that we like belong there like right. um and right. and yeah and, and Nas is in the same place now as we seem to be with our language which is there's not you don't have to prove anything to anybody we've already there's, there's, there's no need there's no need right. and we and we can turn it off we turn it on if we need to but like it's, there's not re a reason right. to particularly yeah i mean it's one of those things it's funny it's like and you know this too people in your family probably say this too it's like well i'm the person people want to speak now and it's like now i don't feel like talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know and this is what it, but that goes to the theme of this song which is just like well you know all those things that you love to do mm -hmm. well you're not going to be able to do them the same when you're older anyway some of it is just the attrition of life some of it is just like your choices it's like oh no like I know that if we have a function, I'm speaking at the family function. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh no, I used to live for that moment, and now it's like, oh, uh, we get together, so I'm yeah, deliver this yeah. message. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's cool, family, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. that's one of those things that come with age and this message. This is what I mean about how it connects. Oh, it speaks to so many points in your life. Like I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I don't know if you're this way. But I really don't follow the NBA in the NFL in the Major League Baseball season like I used to. Andrew. No, definitely not. Up, but I really don't follow it like I used to until it's like playoff time. Right. Right. When it gets to be the end of the season and things are starting to separate themselves. I mean, as a Braves fan, I didn't even realize the Phillies were like really in the wild card like that because I was just concerned with us and the Mets because mm -hmm. I really don't pay attention like that. Right. And I'm like, how do you make the playoffs? I'm like, I didn't even know they still had a team. <laughs> Sorry, Philly. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. No, like, no. I, I've been a Cubs. I've been a Cubs fan for since I was like five years old. So, like, I don't. But my, my family are all Braves fans. So I like I have that history but, but, too. But what I'm saying is, is that when when I was younger, oh, I follow the National League East almost every day during the mm -hmm. week. Oh, me too. We come. We come home and watch watch game on TV. Yeah, right. Watch every the game day. on TV. Look at it in the newspaper. A sports yep. center ticker line be like hold on did the phillies win did the expo slash national win? Yeah. and so now it's like 
It's like, where they at? I was like, oh, it's game 140. It's like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the age thing. This record speaks to all those moments in life when you have the energy and the tenacity as a younger man that you're not going to have as an older man. You know what I mean? You got to pick your, you got to pick your spots. I mean, it's just like we're talking about with the language, you're picking your spots, right? <laughs> like that's the other reason I love that opening thing too, is like, like I'm not old and we're not that old, but like I'm old enough to feel like I can't go out or stay up super late without feeling the effects for a couple of days. Like just it's a thing that you have to accept in, in a way that you perhaps did not have to in your younger years. No, it, it, it's true. Like, I'll tell you what. I mean, you know, it was my birthday last month. I went out. A lot of my friends took me out. And I'll tell you what. Every time <laughs> I had more than two drinks, Andrew, oh, I felt it. And I told mm. myself, and this is why you're on a two-drink minimum. It's like, it's not because you can't. <laughs> it's not because you don't want to. It's because of what it's going to do to you when you have more than two and stay out late at the age that I'm at. It's just the reality. It'll, of it'll chew you up, man. Yeah, it is. It's like two drinks, be in the house by two. If those two things don't happen, then that's like losing two days. <laughs> yeah, no, no, seriously, it's it's like being like having jet lag almost. Like, I mean, it's that kind of is that kind I of mean, feeling. You know, even from doing the um the KD three streaming release party mm -hmm. and being up till four, and then having to get up with my daughter at six thirty, you know. And um and then um quite frankly um strong arming a lot of media factions on Twitter for yeah. about four hours in the morning before work and then getting ready for work and then going to work and get, you get what I'm saying it's and then like, and then coming back and doing a four hour show and whatever right right, right. so so yeah it's like no I feel all of that and think about this I didn't drink yeah you like, stayed up. I had you were, and you were working the whole time too. Like I had were... two glasses of wine during the streaming party. I didn't even finish the second glass. It was the, the, I finished half of the second glass because I was beat and my eyes were so weak. See, I was on the station here, so y'all didn't see my eyes were so weak. They right. were <laughs> I was like sitting in front of it down here like this. Yeah. And I was like, man, I was like, I might pass out if I finish this wine, and that was like, that's what I mean. You're gonna, like, gonna be sleep on the microphone. Yep. Right. So you can't do the same thing when you're older, and and it's a great, and it's actually a great message, and I think. This is um this is one of those um moments too like that lets you know that he's in a grown up place, hip hop is in a grown up place, and so are his fans. Like he's going on fifty, yeah. but it's like he talked about at the beginning of his albums where it's like, well, he has sixty, fifty, and forty year old and sixteen. And then I thought about it, it's like he's right, he does. I'm forty one. My daughter's fifteen. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yep. It's like I know he has factions of fans like from the classic hip hop era before him and from his hair. So he yep. has that 60, 50, 40 down to 16 that he's talking about. That's grown up talk. That's that's mm -hmm. that Mick Jagger, um, Rolling Stones type of like longevity to mm -hmm. like music. One of the things that's the hardest to do um, and one of the things I laud him the most for is because we've seen lots of other both MCs and other musicians from the rock and roll world try and fail at this too, um, is to be able to talk as an older, I mean, I don't want to call him old, but like as, as a not 20 year old, like be able to talk in your forties and fifties about, um, life in a way that is still fresh and still compelling and not like just rehashing shit you did when you were 20. 
Like well, it's, it's well, hard to do that. Well, here's what I mean. You know, it's kind of funny. He, <clears throat> a lot of people have told me this, like, you know, I know a lot of people who are half my age, mm-hmm. Andrew, and part of the reason why I have relationships with them is like, well, you know, they're like, and they tell me this all the time. They're like, well, you're not bitter. Like, you're still cool, Coop. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you're still kind of like, like, you still kind of get it. And Nas has that working for him, yep. too. Kind of has an elder statesman status, mm-hmm. but he kind of has his pulse on it and knows what's going on. That's what I mean. Is it's like, well, it comes different ways from different people, but mm-hmm. he's one of those elder statesmen. It's like, oh, he's not get off my lawn with it. You feel no, what I'm saying? No, not at all. And you don't get that in any of this record at all. Right. It doesn't come off this, like, this off- particular one and the whole album is not like that. At right. All. Well, well, that's because even though he's elder statesman and the talk has grown up, it's still cool. Like he's yep. still cool, and you can tell he's not—he's not forcing any of these things upon no. you that, that he's kicking to you. And it's like that's part of it too. You and, and, and that is part of it in real life and in real time. You gotta let people like do what you do. Like this is no lie. Today, <clears throat> when I go to work, and I no lie, one of my twenty-one-year-old homegirls is coming to the bar with her mother, and that's what I mean about I have those relationships where it's mm-hmm. like she hit me up and she was like, "Yo," she was like, "I'm gonna come sit at your bar with my mom's today." You know what I mean? But I don't know, mom. I know daughter, but it's like yeah. me and her are cool like that because it's like I'm not one of them bitter old dudes and I'm not one of them creepy old dudes either. Right. Right. And she's like, no, no, no. Coop is cool. He gets it. Like, you know, and, and, and people fuck with you like that. And that's kind of the reason why people fuck with Nas from the younger generation, too. It's like, no, no, no. He's a cool old guy. It's like, you got to think about it. He's wealthy. Um, he's been single or, or had bachelor status for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what I'm saying? He has yeah. an lifestyle that a lot of people actually want and so when he is actually stepping back and reflecting it's different this isn't the not to be funny this isn't the married guy with three kids reflecting Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's different when the married guy with three kids is reflecting it's like oh are you missing something over there it's like no 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 Nas is reflecting like from a different place you know i mean he might have come out of a board meeting and reflected he's not coming like out of the house with three children and a wife reflecting. And so those kind of um, mm-hmm. those kind of like real life moments affect the song making too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like because this is somebody who has every reason to enjoy the now telling you to enjoy the now. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh no, 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 that's what he's doing. It's like I do need to get like that. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So but that's about all I had for it. I mean, obviously the song's only been out for you know. <laughs> A day and a half or whatever. Yeah. Right. So. Um, I, I did want to, I, I was almost going to jump in earlier and say this when we were talking about the literary devices. I want to talk really, really quick about, um, he, he, just because we're saying that he doesn't have to make things super intricate doesn't mean that it's not in here too. Um, and, and there's, there, it, and it happens all over this whole album, but I wanted to draw attention to one just because I, w- I want, I, I don't think, I know you do, but like, I don't know that people really understand how many layers there are in some of these lines. Um, he starts the second, I think it's the second verse with the line, activate the pineal gland. Um, so just that, that's what, four words, right? So I'm trying to expand the pineal gland. Yeah. So it's a yeah. rhyme too, expanding gland. No, that's right. I forgot. I I, I wrote it wrong. 
expand the penal gland. But he says it like a sentence. That's one of the beautiful things about him is that he can rhyme within a rhyme because he knows how to think a sentence, like an actual subject, verb, predicate, sentence. Yeah. Like and make it rhyme. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sorry I misspoke that line, but but I, I want to to focus on like the pineal part first. I, I had to look up what that was. Um, it is the, the gland in your brain that produces melatonin, which is the thing that keeps you awake or asleep or like, or put you, people take melatonin to help go to sleep. So, um, the act, the expanding it, um, means you're, he's telling you to wake up. All right. So that's one, one, one meaning there. Um, melatonin and melanin are not the same thing, but they, but they sound enough alike um to for me to think that he's doing that on purpose to what's um, the latin root what's the latin root of the latin root is the latin root word mella i think yeah which probably means something of color coloration correct so so um so that's two right um He also pronounces it, though, not like pineal, but he p- pronounces it penal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that's a rhythmical thing in the line, obviously. He does it on purpose. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's, cl- I mean, he's clearly making a penis joke, too. Like, I mean, right. like, it, which right. is which is some Shakespeare-level shit where you throw in, like, some dick jokes ju- in the middle of something serious right. just, just because right. you can, right? He's, right? So he's throwing yeah. that in there. Right. Um, right. He's also... And also part of the joke is he says it's expanding, right? So that's part of the the, the joke. Um, and it also winks at the the penal system, the prison system, right. um, especially especially because the rest of the line is about. I'm I'm going to butcher it badly, but the rest of the line is about. Um, um, it's, it's a religious thing, like being like life is being a prison and being released from it afterwards or something to that effect. I'm, again, I'm badly butchering that, but I wanted to point out real quick that, that even like a short, like four or five word line has like, what was that? Four, five different double, triple meanings to it. Like there's so much layered in here. And I think you're missing the part too. Okay. So when he's saying wake up too, mm-hmm. this is also like, so he's consistent with his themes on the first song that you ever hear on Illmatic. He said it drops deep like it does in my breath. I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. death. Yep. The themes are the same. This is him. Remember, this is a nostalgic song mm-hmm. referencing. Oh, so is this that too? So that's five or six. I mean, yeah, so like, like that- I fully accept that there are things there that I'm not catching, but like, so it's those are that- just the so- things in a literary sense that I'm catching. Right. Not so it's illusions no- too. Right, but the most beautiful thing about it, and this is what I mean about the Tony Morrison comparison. Oh, he did that in one sentence. Yeah, I know. It's like what five words, something like that. Yeah. One, two, three. I mean, are we are we counting "I'm two" and "the"? Like, are we counting all the words? Sure. Why not? Because if we're counting all the words, it's seven words. Okay, but like, so think that, about it. Six entendres. I, I spent like what five minutes talking about. Seven words. Well, I mean, just think about it. Six six entendres or layers of metaphors and literary devices. Seven words in one line. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that that's that top that that's that top of the line. Like you know, greatest writer ever type of mm-hmm. stuff. Like no matter what genre sphere of writing yeah, it is, exactly. it's like if you think if you think it's Shakespeare, 
than than that Shakespeare level. If you think it's Toni Morrison, W. E. Mm-hmm. Du Bois, like whoever you're all of that in there. Yeah, some of all of that. Like whoever it is, you know what I mean. Whoever's your guy or girl as a writer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yeah. And I think with that we can probably uh transition it. And thanks for like bringing that up and pointing that out because that's what I mean when I said it's like, well, I understood that, but you kind of taught me a couple things too because it's like I was looking at it from the sexual innuendo reference just to be just no to, that's that's what i heard the first time too like well I, well i immediately actually thought about the penal system you know what yep. i'm saying like actual prison industrial complex you know what i I'm had saying? to look up the lyric to get the rest of it but like the but it does but but there's so much going on there in in right. such a short amount of time and to be clear, guys, like there there are lines like this all over this record, this album. This is not clearly the only one. This is just one that I happened to that happened to jump out to me to talk about. I mean, if we were gonna talk about all of them, we'd be here until you know, three weeks from now. Is Old Man one of Neil Young's um like would you say top five song? Because like because I, I, I heard a great song and I heard a great writer, but I heard a great record too. I'm like, well, I'm like, Radio must have loved this whenever it came out. When did this come out? Like 73, 74? 72, yeah. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that that kind of era. No, there's so much to talk about about him. I, I picked him not only because he was a great writer and because obviously the th- songs are thematically similar, but also because he has longevity in a way that a lot of them didn't too. I mean, he started out um, as a member of a band called Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. He joined Crosby, Stills and Nash um, in the late sixties. And Hold on, was... he's the young. Wow. Okay. See, I didn't know that. See, yep. see stuff already. Yep. But he, he was, and he's, but he, he's now one of the rock and roll OGs. He plays with Pearl Jam. He plays with Springsteen. Like he plays with those guys live now. Um, but he did an MTV unplugged. Um, he did like, so he's done lots of modern day stuff too. So he's, he's been around a long time. Um, okay. so, so that's, that's another one of those connections now like, that he is, this, this song was written. Um, it was released when I looked it up. I think he was like 26 or seven. Um, but I mean, he says he's 24 in the song. Like, so yeah, so so he's in that kind of age now so, but it's, it's it's interesting because now he like now he is like one of the old heads too like he's well, now, when, I'm, I'm sorry now i'm a little fascinated why did he leave crosby stills and nash um he was not a member of that group to start with crosby stills and nash were a group before he joined okay. them okay um and he they recorded more albums after this this old, I mean, the old man harvest record. The record's called Harvest. Um, they recorded lots of other records after that too, together. So this is just like a solo project. Um, okay. Um, he also played, and, and that goes through the eighties. Um, he played with another band called called Crazy Horse in the eighties and nineties, and that's whatever. Um, that's, that's rocking in the free world. That's um, um, hey hey my my. Um, there's lots of other. Those those songs are. Um, he got out his Gibson Les Paul and was like, like heavy rocking to those. The, those are these are you know folkier, obviously in the earlier days. But the the older he's gotten, he has some albums that are like acoustic guitar driven and some that are much heavier too. Okay. 
versatile. Yeah, he, he he's very versatile. He's one of those guys that's done lots of different things mm-hmm. like that, but has actually pulled it off, as right. opposed to like no disrespect to Joni Mitchell, who I love. Um, like she had like that synth episode in the 80s that you're just kind of like uh, maybe don't do that not like this, this is not 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 that it's bad it's just not your best thing but um not all artists transition and transcend yeah. some, sometimes it's like the level that they're on is all-time great for what they do and <clears throat> there's, and you, there's you don't need to do these other things like i mean right. there's space you know, god end. bless you for trying and knock yourself out i mean you've earned the right to do whatever you want to but like it's right it's like i never wanted prodigy of mob deep like to make anything other than hardcore east coast rap but if he wanted yeah. to try other things totally okay with it. you get what i'm yeah. saying it's just yeah like, sure give me survival of the fittest and give up the goods you know like it's just you know <laughs> you don't need to be doing this other stuff but you can like yeah that's, that's the thing like can. yeah the artistic and creative license and freedom as a as a connection and and moving forward with the song too um we've we've also met um Graham Nash as from Crosby Stills Nash and Young we've met him earlier in these series in this um musical series too he he is the um the man that Joni Mitchell wrote Case of You about um so he's that wow, guy okay so so a lot of there's a lot of overlaps in a lot of <laughs> artists lives um hold on the so, case he wasn't that kind of a record if memory serves it, really wasn't. it was not kind to him no <laughs> i mean she no. kind of painted him as kind of like emotionally and psychologically abusive mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean possibly physically abusive yeah it, it was not the most pleasant relationship for sure this this anyway old man song comes from um harvest is one of the great folk rock records of the 20th century like it's one of one of the very very best um all the way through is there are songs on there that you might recognize even if you don't know their names um heart of gold you might recognize the needle and the damage done you might recognize but 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 the whole record is great all, and that's another one of those comparisons to KD3 too like it's a it's a great record all the way through there's no skip songs there's no um there's no misses on the whole thing Right. See, for me, sometimes the most complex things are the most simple things. Say, the old man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you. Yeah. You know, don't be so quick to judge me. Yeah. You know, so and that's exactly feels, the point. Right. So, so it immediately gives you that perspective of like, oh, he's talking to somebody with the get off my lawn mentality, which is like literally the the antithesis of how Nas is behaving as the elder right. statesman. In the- Right. So as right. soon as that happened, I was like, okay, I see the connection. You know? Yeah. He says, I need someone to love me the whole day through. Mm-hmm. So that's that young, innocent, still searching mm-hmm. type of thing. Like, not to be funny, grown ups don't talk that way about love. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So that's still some of that young and some of that innocence. But that's some of the beauty in it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a vulnerability in that. And so that's where I felt the connection most about the writers. Both of these writers had the ability to be vulnerable without losing their their uh their machismo. You know what I mean? Like they don't lose anything in them being vulnerable male songwriters. Right. Right. Like the vulnerability is actually like a bonus, not a minus. Mm-hmm. That's where the records connected for me mm-hmm. as far as the artist. Me too. The vul- and the simplicity of the writing and that is part of what makes probably Neil Young great but I know that's part of what makes Nas great is right. that like he can say the simple beautifully 
and vulnerable and insightful. That's what I was saying on the show last night. It's like, well, the other lyrical guys aren't insightful and vulnerable like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Now he's he's writing that Neil Young's writing this song. If if he's writing it when he is twenty four, then it would have been like nineteen seventy ish, probably, which is the um the height of the um you know nineteen fifties conservative people have and the backlash against the new love hippie Vietnam war protest. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that. So that is sort of what he's addressing in a literal way. I mean, mm-hmm. but he, he, the way he tells the story, old man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you. Is this protest music? I don't think so. I mean, okay. you, you can, you can call it that. I mean, and then Neil Young does have protest songs for sure. Um, and Crosby Stills, Nash and Young do too. But, um, it's, I don't think it's intended that way in the same kind of way, but the way he wrote it was one of the reasons I love the song is he wrote it in a way that you can read it as a old man. You need to chill out kind of way in the 1968, 70, 70, like that kind of era way. But, but it also transcends that moment too. Like you don't have to know that piece of information to understand, to know how powerful the message is and an old man take a look at my life i'm a lot like you that's you can read that two ways too you can read it as like i'm a lot like you are now like we both need love we both need affection we both need we're all searching for the same things right um as human beings but also it's much like Nas's song is asking him to remember how he was when he was that age too um as young and idealistic, you know, he's talking to the old man, like, you know, you've done things mm-hmm. like, like he doesn't, and this is what I mean. This is great writing. I can see this old man because he gives him character and gives him life. So some of the things that he says makes me feel like this old man might be a little bitter, but also accomplished. Like when he says 24 and there's so much more live alone in paradise. That makes me think of two. Like he's telling him, it's like, he's almost telling him, it's like, oh, no, no, no. If I'm just like you, well, you've had these moments mm-hmm. of doing these things. And now you have more than that. Let me enjoy this time of doing that. So because so he's kind of like, so he's speaking to the accomplishments of the old man, like without saying that the old man is accomplished as well. So he's not talking to an old fool. Right. He's speaking, I think of it as being a pre and post relationship kind of thing. Like the young man's talking about, love and family and that kind of thing as this is something that I want. This is something that I'm striving for. And the old man is on the backside of that. I don't know if his wife has left or has died or whatever, like, but they're both alone is, is the um, metaphor. But but it's how he builds the character without giving you a lot of information. That's great. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, because it's like, you can infer some things by what, he is letting you know about him and what he's going through. Mm-hmm. He's giving you the other character too. Yeah. 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 And the, the tension between the two characters is where the song becomes, comes to life. You, and you can think of it also as him speaking, not just to one specific person, but like to people like that too. Cause you know, especially in that world, I mean, in all the worlds, I guess now too, um, there are people who, get older and become out of touch with um with what um 
the youth want and need. And that, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love being a teacher is because it keeps me, it's keeps you. me in touch with those kind of things. And, um, we, and people know, ask me about like, are the youth now like so much worse than blah, 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 because they watch stupid news and stuff like that. Um, no, they're really not. They're, okay. they're teenagers are teenagers. Like, I mean, they have right. different like ways to get in trouble now than they did before, but like teenagers are interested in love and they're interested in doing things like the teenagers are teenagers like that. And that's been a thing forever. I think that's comforting that you say that. And I'll tell you why it's like, obviously I have a teenager and it's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, if the TV's never on, but she's always on her phone and the laptop's always in the bed. And it's like, Oh, we didn't have access like, like that when I was your mm -hmm. age, but Technically, the theme is the same, though. You know what I mean? It's like, well, she's holed up in her room because parents suck and we're the worst. And why would we ever know anything or ever be cool? So I'm going to sit in here and do what I do and talk to my friends on the phone and play my little game, mm -hmm. eat my food, have my stuff sectioned off, moving on my time, not your time. It's like, no, it's very much how we work. We're talking on the phone like this instead of like... But I'm saying they just text and like, like they're on little like actual games where they can play games with each other and talk to each other live right. at this so it's like no we would have done that had we could have can't you imagine oh, being able to oh, pull up yeah. and like play like um like the early versions of madden like the vet versions yep. of madden the first playstation could you imagine if you and i could have just like played madden together like in sitting at our house yeah right that would have like changed our lives and so it's like when people look at the kids differently i'm glad you said that because it's like i don't think the kids are different i think the technology is Mm -hmm. I think this pandemic changed a lot of things psychologically yeah. and emotionally and not for the better, but the kids yeah. are the same yeah. for the most part. And, but the, the pandemic changed a lot for everybody. Like it's not, not just teenagers. Like it's, yeah. so. I just think that this era of kids is growing up and had to deal with the schooling mm -hmm. and the, like, you know, a lot of not being funny, a lot of um, home issues got exposed probably for a lot of these kids too. things that they probably weren't even aware of going on in their own homes. And now yeah. Yeah, you got to see some things up close and personal. Maybe you weren't expecting to see, you know. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, he has um. There's just um the everyday relatable person. He mm -hmm. says to this song, like <clears throat> when he says this, and this is what I mean. Well, I think everybody might be able to relate to this on some sort of level. Mm -hmm. I've been first and last. Mm -hmm. Look at how the time goes past. But I'm all alone at last, rolling home to you. Mm -hmm. I find that to be fascinating that he Such used the beautiful word. poetry, man. It is very poetic. I find the word rolling fascinating. Why? Tell me about it. Well, <clears throat> a roll is not something that happens with speed or excitement, typically. Mm -hmm. when, you, when, when you roll, it's typically at a slow and steady pace, as in not in a rush. Okay. But listen to what he said before that. I'm, but I'm all alone at last rolling home to you like before he's talking about how much he wants love mm -hmm. and family but it appears he's acquiring those things see i've been first and i've been last look at how the time goes past but i'm all alone at last rolling home to you it sounds like he got what he asked for but he's in an unhappy and unfulfilled relationship because he still speaks to being home i mean all alone at last but rolling, not running, not I can't get weight to you. Right. I'll just roll to you. So I think, I mean, and that's just how I inferred it. I inferred that it's like, oh, no, he acquired those things. 
that he wanted, that he's speaking to the old man about, but now he has them and now he's the bitter old man. Because yeah. he still feels there, there is some of that for sure that, that the young man is more bitter or as you don't hear the old man speak, obviously, but um is acquired and, and that's rolling home to you too. You have to think about who the you is in that sentence. I mean, well, if it if it fits with the rest of the song, it has to be the old man, right? Like because he's addressing it to him. Um right. which sure, means bit- that he's rolling home to you, not like I'm going to go live with you, but rolling home to you like I'm becoming you. Right. So, but he wrote as if this man was accomplished and had these family and these things. And that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He's actually writing, talking about going down the same path. So I right. think he's actually expressing that now he's, a, he's an old man. Now he knows why the old man is bitter because he's gone down the same path. Mm-hmm. And now he's not running to that path. He's rolling to it. Right. right. He says, right. old man, take a look at my life. What? I'm a lot like you. You. Right. right. And and so the way that he frames it simply and kind of takes you through the song and then mm-hmm. towards the end when you get something like that and then it goes back into the hook. It's like, oh, beautiful and simply mm-hmm. uh, put. And the, and the melody is dope. I love I love this song. I do. This yeah. is one of my favorite songs that you've actually given me. I, I love, yeah, I love Neil Young. Neil Young is, um, as, as a human being too, I mean, he was a, he's a very, um, of that generation of um, anti-war protest kind of, I mean, you see that in a lot of a lot of his stuff too. Um, I want I want to show you music. I may have to overdub this because, um, I, but I want to show you some a couple of musical things too. This is actually the kind of guitar he had when he was writing these songs too. This is, uh, you can see, I don't know if you can see it. I mean, there are people who watch this that will will understand um, about Martin guitars. Um, you might too. I don't know, but like, um, it's not really that's not really the critical part. This is the Martin D. 41 from this is made in 1970 built like the guitar itself was built in 1970 um but this is the kind of i think he had a d42 or 45 which are slightly more expensive versions of this but um but a couple things that i wanted to like draw attention to there are lots of moments in the song musically too that take that go from like dissonant to um resolving um which which kind of mirrors their relationship when you say dissonant to resolving explain that yeah um so dissonance in music anyway tends to mean you're playing two notes that are like right beside each other that so so when you're playing a chord normally you play one three and five correct right 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 so that those are they, there's space between those notes in the scale Correct. Right. So, so when you play them together, it makes a nice ringing sound. Um, there's lots of moments where he's playing notes and singing them too, that are like right up against, like kind of like jazz chords almost. Like the notes are okay. right beside each other. Like okay. if, like on the piano, if you hit like two keys right beside each other, right. they, the, they the, sound kind of yeah, not... kind of similar, but kind of yeah. kind of quirky. Kind yeah. of it's sound kind of funky. Right. Yeah. So. This the chord that he starts with is this, that. Oh, that is four notes actually that are right beside each other. That is C D E. So so when, so, so, so when you say dissonance to resolving, what are you saying? That's what I mean. Like the resolving part. What does that mean? Like that- it goes from notes like this, where they're those are notes beside each other, right. 
Gotcha. And then, I, then it goes to. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So it goes from that weird, like, mm-hmm. not being on the same wavelength metaphorically to mm. one where it, where it is. And I found the song, like when I first started learning how to play it and sing it, um, really hard to sing because, really? I mean, because the melody is not complicated, but the, the I, I, it took me like 30 or 45 minutes to figure this out. The note that he's starting to sing, like as, as he starts singing, old man, take a look at my life, um, is not in the chord that he's playing. So he's pull so and that makes it a lot harder to sing because usually when you're singing songs with a guitar or a piano or whatever you're pulling mm-hmm. one of the notes from the chords you're playing right, right. right. and he's not so it's um that makes it much more difficult to find the note to start with and if you can't find the note to start with then it's harder to move forward I think that's intentional. is that intentional yeah i'm sure yeah. um so cuz you don't cuz cuz usually that's kind of like a that's like removing a baseline or a snare, yeah, or something in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. right. And, and and Nas does this actually on. I don't know if he does it on. I don't think he does it on this song, but he. There are songs on this album that where he's doing it a cappella, or there's no beat behind it for a while, and then the beat drops in. Right. Well, I mean, well, this is what I. Well, he has a couple moments on the album too where he's not rapping to the like actual like baseline either. Okay. Like where. It's hard to explain it, like 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 in the, in this format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you can't hear the things as they go. Where you can't hear the things as they go, but the really great rappers can rap to the snares and the hi hats too. Mm. Like where it's like, well, they don't just drop necessarily where the bass line drops. Like mm-hmm. Rockem and Nas are probably best at it because they come from musical families and, and have been musicians right. themselves, where they can actually use their voices and their flow and their delivery where it kind of like matches the hi-hat and the speed of the hi-hat or the snare, not the bass line. Like, you know, the, the hi-hat goes, shh, shh, shh. Right. Like, they'll rhyme to that. You know, the bass line's going, boom, boom. No, they're rhyming, shh, 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 and you got to catch it. Mm. And like on KD3, he actually has a moment where it's like, no, he's riding the bass line, and then he just totally changes his flow. And it's like, hold on, what the fuck is he rapping to? It's like, oh, shit, he's rapping to the snares and the hi-hats. See that? See that's the thing. That's one of the reasons I love having these conversations because that's not something that I would ever notice. I can hear him like changing up the flow, but I don't know like what he's right. doing. You have to understand the intricate like, musicality of it. But, but it's just like you're talking about with the chord, though. It's like well, usually when the beat switches and you get a new bass line, you rap to the new bass line, mm-hmm. not the hi hat or the snare. Kind of like how you're saying, well, well, we usually don't sing out of the chord, and part of what made finding the song hard, the part of what is going to make it hard to imitate that flow. It's like, oh, well, if you tried to repeat and rap what Nas just did, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like, oh, well, you need to learn how to catch the high and snare. It's and hard, just- man. Yeah. And it's hard. Right. So on the same way that it's like it was hard for Neil Young to to, to, to probably like format this song, mm-hmm. yeah. well, that's what a great rapper, Nas, in this case, can do on record, too, is, is like go off script of what normally gets done and go mm-hmm. get the job done. Because that's right. essentially what it is. It's like it's going off script of the musicality and the formation of it to go get the job done. And it's that, and that's the experimentation that that slowly always pushes move, music and culture forward, in my opinion. Yeah, and the 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 thing that I love, or one of the other things that I love about both of those things, the thing you just said and the thing that I just showed you on the guitar, is that it functions as a metaphor 
too. Like because mm-hmm. both of the songs are about tension between generations. You can kind of hear it sort of as the old man speaking to the young man, even even though he's not old. We know from our lives that and from what you just narrated about your own daughter, actually, that we that the young people always think the old people are like out of touch or whatever, even even if they right. are cool and even if they and are the, whatever. And I'm the cool and I'm the cool dad with twenty one and twenty two year old friends. My daughter's fifteen, sixteen, and I'm still out of touch. You right, exactly. I mean? And and my thirteen year old t- treats me the same way too. Like it's not that, that's Perfect. just a normal part Perfect. of being a teenager. The the point is that they're both both of the songs musically, the way he's catching the beat, the way in, a, in an unorthodox way. And the way Neil Young's like singing along to these chords um, that they both show dissonance. They show things that aren't done normally or kind of that sound out of tune sort of kind of if you don't know what you're listening to. And then they're being resolved back to things that you recognize as well. Um, And that's kind of a metaphor for those relationships. Like like we're assuming from how Nas tells his story that um, he talks, talks about the Bentleys and he was like one of the first ones to have a Bentley in New York or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, and he, he actually on, listed say, it. I mean, I want to quote yeah. him directly. He um, actually listed it in order. I think he said Tyson, Puff, mm-hmm. Stout, and then me. I oh, might have yeah. missed somebody. Yeah, there were, there were five. Um, he was the fifth um, on that yeah, list. Mike, I don't know who, no, but he, Mike, he, say, he says we didn't know we were living hazardous, right? Like, right. like, yeah. So he's also acknowledging the fact that as a young man, he would have thought an almost 50 year old man was talking out of his ass. Like, like, and then now, and now he's like recounting some of the times that people have told him things and he's realizing now that he's older, the value and what he has been told. Well, also too, well, see, part of why I love that too, is that, well, there's reality in that and there's hyperbole in that when he's saying I'm the fifth, fifth guy with the Bentley, Oh, well, you're talking about in the black entertainment sphere. Right, exactly. Circle. There were other blacks who had that Bentley. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, for but sure. I get what he's saying. He's saying, like, you know, coming from where we're from, like, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson was the first guy we saw with a Bentley. Kedar, you know who Kedar is, right? I don't know who that is or Stout. I don't know who the other two are, obviously. Okay, but. so Steve Stout is the one that uh, managed uh, Track Masters. Okay. And and used to manage Jay too. He's one of uh, hip hop's biggest influencers. He's responsible for mm-hmm. it was written, which okay. is not his biggest selling out, biggest selling, uh, biggest selling album. Okay. So, but he's done some other things. Matter of fact, Stout has a position with the New York Knicks now. Okay. He's like head of marketing and branding or something for the New York Knicks now, actually. So Stout's pretty big. Kedar Massenberg is the person that's responsible for bringing out Erica Badu, if I'm not mistaken. That okay. would probably be his biggest claim to fame that you would know him of. But he okay. was. Um, Big time um, music exec. I'm not sure what Kedar is doing mm-hmm. now. So it's like all these guys, it's either like it was the heavyweight, she's pretty much saying it was heavyweight champ, three black execs, and then me, the multi platinum rap. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So he's kind of a, he's kind of a giving you that uh, hood dreams contextualization of it. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, people in Brooklyn and Queens, the only people we've seen driving through with Bentleys was Mike Tyson. Well, then Puff got a Bentley. Or I'm sorry, he said Tyson, then Kedar, then Puff, then Stout, and then me. Mm-hmm. you know so he's like that that's that hood hyperbole where it's like oh well you, if you've seen a guy in a bentley in brooklyn and queens it could only have been like one of five guys around that time mm-hmm. you know other guys driving this car and coming up in the brooklyn and queens you feel me right, exactly right yeah so he's kind of 
So he's kind of contextualizing some of the environment for you when he says that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these were great songs and great pairings. And I really like, uh, I'm going to have to look into Neil Young more. I was really, really uh, impressed with yeah. the record. He, he's a super, super talented songwriter. Oh, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, like, that's what, what, I'm, what I'm saying. It's like, and you probably know this even more than I do as, a, as an English teacher. I mean, when somebody's a great writer, you can usually tell it instantly. Yeah. Like, you usually know, like, like I mean, not to be funny, you know, usually after that first writing assignment, Mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. one of your writers in the class are gifted don't you yeah usually yeah. after the first first thing they write you're like this one can write yeah like write right it's like and i'm not gonna have to help them with much but navigating their vision and some grammatical and some some right some, right yeah. and yeah, then you, you have to like, you have to push them on a different kind of level like that they are they're not going to Different different kids need different things, obviously. And right. but yeah, you you can see the ones who have. I mean, I, I believe all writers can get better, obviously. But th- there's some that have an ear for it. Just like somebody, like I used to play in a band with somebody who could just like pick up basically any stringed instrument and play it. I'm like, dude, come on! Like, how how do you do that? Like, so, and it's that kind of thing. There there are people who can just do that. Um, and I mean, it's hours of practice before that, obviously. But like, it's there are some people who have gifts and no, I knew, I, I knew a guy like that, Andrew. Um, we didn't rap like together, but you know, mm-hmm. I've been in some ciphers with him before we were close. Uh, his group member, I was close to and stuff, but, but as an MC, Andrew, I mean, at the drop of a dime, he could pick up and go on a black thought in Nas level. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that, like he did it in my house plenty of times, used to go see him perform live and stuff. But just like had it and was so amazing. I'm like, man, somebody don't just like hand this guy a record deal. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. all I would be thinking to myself. And I was really damn gifted in my own right. And I felt that way about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was older than me. And he's one of the people that like helped school me. It's super, super talented like that. It's like, oh no, he could rhyme off anything about anything at the job of a dime. He'd be like, what you want to rhyme about today? He's like, you know, your last rhyme <laughs> need to be your best rhyme, right? Watch, let me show you. And he just start rapping. Be like, oh man, like this guy crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. There so there are people like that that like never make the major leagues, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. They're just as talented as like those yeah. guys. It's like I've been around some of those people. Some people consider me to be somewhat of that person, but people that have heard me, like, yeah, I would have made it. I think you would have made it too. I think life just happened, music changed, you know, all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a great mm-hmm. episode, great show. Yeah. I like I like this.